welcome to Cinema Wellman. I'm your host, David, and today I should actually be saying welcome to the monkey house because we're going to take a look at simians in films over the years. Uh, when it comes to movie monkeys, there are three kinds. There's, you got your animated, your enhanced, and your real. I say there's only three types of movie monkeys because in real life, there's only one kind of monkey, and that's murderous. Years ago, on a field trip to the National Zoo in Washington, D.C., great zoo, you should go if you're ever in D.C., um, I wandered into the uh, monkey house, which was beautifully set up. No bars, just plexiglass between the people and the apes. There was a gigantic silverback gorilla sitting right next to the glass, so I sat down beside him. It was amazing sitting so close to such a huge and powerful animal. We were like two old friends sitting on a park bench. But then I looked into his eyes, and my blood ran cold. The look in his eyes said, if this glass wasn't here, I'd rip your arm off and beat you to death with it. But we're not here to talk about real life. We're here to talk about movies. And today, that means movie monkeys. If you're a regular here at Cinema Wellman, you may recall me talking about a period about five years in which I screened my movies by monthly themes. One of those theme months was simians. I'm always in search of episode ideas, and when I saw that theme list recently, simians stuck out like two opposable thumbs as the theme to tackle first. Now, during the first, the original simian month, I screened 23 monkey movies and kept track of how many people they killed. Because I had to keep track of something, of course. There were a total of 229 DBMs, uh, deaths by monkey, or an average of 9.95 humans killed per movie. Two ape franchises led the league that month. The five films I screened in the King Kong series killed 99 humans, while the six Planet of the Apes <laughs> series films screened disposed of 96 humans. Not that all monkeys murder people. Some of them don't. I don't think Bonzo ever killed anyone. Or the barefoot executive. So there's at least two non-murdering monkeys. On the other hand, there's, there's Gordy from Nope, who kind of evens out that ledger. Okay, first up is animation. But there's not a lot out there as far as animated monkeys in movies. And let's face it. There are more interesting animals out there to animate. Monkeys do so much on their own. They don't need to be animated. You can get them to do stuff. There's a series about the Monkey King that I am unfamiliar with. Um, and monkeys are also important characters in animated films such as The Jungle Book, Aladdin, Kubo and the Two Strings, and Kung Fu Panda. Good monkey movies. Fun animated monkey movies worth a look. But today we're going to concentrate on the other two types of movie monkeys, the enhanced and the real. By enhanced, I'm referring to anything from guy in a monkey suit to models, puppets, animatronics to CGI. And, and real is real. And real must be terrifying to work with at times. Just ask the remaining cast of that fictional sitcom, Gordy's Home. Uh, the real monkeys will need to wait because... Uh, we're going to begin with some enhanced movie monkeys. Well, we're not going to be talking about the film. I just want you to picture in your mind for a second the flying monkeys from The Wizard of Oz. They scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. And as an adult. 
Those uniformed fez-wearing simians live rent-free in my nightmares. Yikes. I felt I couldn't do an episode about movie monkeys without including them. So creepy. I already mentioned two monkey series, so let's start there. The OG of monkey movies is, without a doubt, King Kong. With versions made in 1933, 1962 vs. Godzilla, 1967, when King Kong escapes, 1976, 2005, 2017, where he's on Skull Island, 2021 uh, vs. Godzilla again. Uh, and with another Kong Godzilla movie coming next month in which they fight a kaiju orangutan, uh, th- that's one full monkey house. Now, since this ape is huge, all films in this series used enhanced versions of Kong, ranging from literally a guy in a monkey suit to puppets, animatronics, and of course, modern CGI. I am a fan of the 1933 version with Fay Ray as the damsel in distress, but as you can imagine, the 1933 version's effects pale in comparison to what can be created today. The story, however, can be enhanced by CGI, and Kong certainly has a story. And we side with Kong every time. Not his fault. He was snatched from his natural environment and brought to civilization to be exploited and mistreated as entertainment. You know, kill all the humans you want, Kong. I'm with you. The big guy is a thing for blondes, since Jessica Lang followed Faye Ray in the 1976 version, who was then followed by Naomi Watts in the 2005 version. Oh no, it wasn't the airplanes. It was beauty killed the beast. Another monster monkey franchise has a new entry in May, coming when Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes opens. Even with the big budgets and the admittedly excellent CGI in the modern Planet of the Apes movies, I have to say that I still prefer the original series of five movies over the updated four, soon-to-be-five movies. It must be something about the overacting of Chuck Heston and James Franciscus, along with the campy vibe that tips the scales to the 70s versions. Uh, The surprise ending of the original is one of the most imitated and parodied scenes in film history. First time I saw it, gobsmacked. Uh, It's like finding out what Soylent Green is for the first time. Other notable enhanced movie monkeys include Mighty Joe Young, Burning the Gorilla, expertly voiced by Nick Nolte in Zookeeper, starring Kevin James, Paul Blart, all cop. Uh, Buddy the Gorilla in Buddy, which also featured two real chimps playing catch with a meat cleaver. And Max the Chimp in Max Monamour. That last movie, Max Monamour, was, pardon the pun, absolute bananas. It's about a woman, played by Charlotte Rampling, who takes a chimp as her lover. Yeah, that's, that's, that's correct. There was an oral sex scene in the script that was never shot because the filmmakers thought it may have been too disturbing to see. The stuff they shot was too disturbing to see. Oh, my. The last enhanced monkey movie I want to mention is in Silvio. Now, I came across this movie totally by accident, and I loved it. 
Silvio is a gorilla in Baltimore who becomes a star on local on a local afternoon talk show due to his propensity to destroy things. Problem that is Silvio is in reality a very gentle gorilla who wouldn't hurt a fly. And as he's out in public, you know, people meet him on the street and they hand him stuff, you know, what's the ape going to break next and everything. And it's sad because he doesn't want to destroy stuff. It's interesting. He doesn't speak, but he does understand humans. He dresses like them and leads a human-like existence. I was surprised at how sweet this film was. Parts of it were very funny, but it was actually quite poignant. You usually don't get poignant when monkeys are involved in movies. Unless that monkey movie is Mighty Joe Young. There's a family story involving this movie that I love because it was, for me, a sneak peek into who my then little girls would grow up to be when they became women. In the, in the blink of an eye, I may add, uh, Dakota and Hannah were little, and they were watching Mighty Joe Young. And there's a scene where Joe, the big gorilla, climbs to the top of a Ferris wheel, which then collapses to the ground. It's a pretty harrowing scene, as I recall. It's scary stuff. Dakota, who is now a very sensitive, caring adult, who admittedly gets, quote, very tied to inanimate objects, animals, and fictional characters, began to cry because she thought Joe, who just wanted to be understood, was dead. Hannah, who is now a very supportive, loving adult, comforted her sister by saying in her little Hannah voice, as Dakota tells it, the monkey's okay. Little did I know I was seeing the future while watching Mighty Joe Young. Now the real monkeys. When filmmakers thought it would be a good idea to use an actual simian as opposed to a guy in a monkey suit, I'm sure none of them regretted that decision. Ten years ago, when I devoted an entire month to simian movies, I watched seven monkey movies that were new to me. To prepare for this episode, I watched eight new monkey movies, and six of them featured real monkeys. Before I get to some of the newly screened monkey films, I want to mention some classics that decided to go the real monkey route. There was the chimp Matthew Broderick and Ellen Hunt smuggled out of the research facility in Project X. We've got the the razor-wielding capuchin monkey and monkey shines. Uh, we have the trio of orangutans that Tony Danza has to take care of for five years to inherit $5 million in going ape. Um, but on another level is Manus the orangutan, better known as Clyde in every which way but loose, starring alongside Clint Eastwood. Right turn, Clyde. Clyde drank beer, fought, and flipped people the bird in a movie that was considered entertainment in the late 70s. It was fun, I have to admit that. Manus was also the main monkey in that Tony Danza movie, appeared in Cannibal Run, and did episodes of Cheers and Fantasy Island. Before wrapping things up, I want to talk about a few of those new monkey movies I screened to prepare for this episode. First up is Dunstan Checks In, starring an orangutan and Seinfeld's Jason Alexander in that order. This one features Monkey Spit, Another great DC field trip story that I might tell at another point. Followed by the line, monkey spit, how delicious. Spoiler alert, 
It is not. Alexander also threatens the orangutan by telling him, I've got two words for you, medical experiments. Is a tad too dark for a family comedy, perhaps? The best part of this movie for me was the scene that shows Dunstan in his hotel room watching Planet of the Apes on his television. I like that. I also watched something titled MVP, Most Valuable Primate, starring a hockey-playing chimpanzee. He shoots, he scores, he eats bananas. Jack was actually played by three chimps, Bernie, Mac, and Louie. The skates, the monkey skates, and and can shoot a puck. Accurately, meh, movie magic. Uh, There's a sequel involving a skateboarding chimp. Uh, I didn't go near that. Then there's Monkey Trouble. This was an odd little mess with Thora Birch and and a kleptomaniac capuchin played by Finster and Harvey Keitel playing a character that is an embarrassment to the Romani people. I I mean, awful, insulting. The best line in this film, and a sentence you never, ever want to hear in in any real-life situation, he's got my gun. The monkey took my gun. One of the earliest entries on the list of band names I have going with Hannah now for years and years and years is Monkey with a Shotgun. Terrifying. It wouldn't take him long to figure out how to use it. Closing out things today, because I can't even begin to talk about Monkey Up that I watched today, or Ape, which is on next month's worst list. Uh, I want to talk about Gibby. It's about a motherless gymnast, and not made by Disney, who is aided in her grieving healing process by a capuchin monkey named Gibby. Now, I'm not making light of the premise at all. Because animals are a great help to people trying to overcome life's obstacles. I'm all for that. Gibby isn't a bad movie at all. And the actress in the title role does a stellar job. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Crystal the Monkey. Gibby is far from Crystal's first film credit. She is a film veteran. Let's take a look at Crystal the Capuchin's filmography. She has two uncredited appearances in the Dr. Doolittle films as Drunk Monkey. She was Monkey with Garage Band in American Pie. She plays Dexter the Monkey in all of the Night at Museum movies. How obnoxious that monkey is. And was also Donald the Monkey in Zookeeper starring Kevin James, who also stars in Paul Blart Mall Cop and Paul Blart Mall Cop Part 2. See both of those. Um, oh, Crystal was also drug-dealing monkey in The Hangover Part 2. This little monkey has some range. Another pair of capuchins worth mentioning are, it's a monkey named Monkey, Monkey and Katie. They were the monkey in Outbreak. And if you're a Friends fan, Marcel. But I'm only mentioning them because they also had a cameo in Showgirls. It may have ruined their career as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my all-time favorite television monkeys, and that would be the entire cast of Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. That's, that's just gold. That's pure gold. And it's one of my favorite memories from my teaching career was exposing my students to everything that was Lancelot Link, Secret Chimp. 
the conversation would somehow to get to monkeys. I'd start talking and I'd mention Lance Link and I'd say it's a show I watched when I was a kid and there were monkeys and everything. And they were like, one was a secret agent and blah, blah, blah. And the kids would say, oh, that's cool. They had people dressed up as monkeys. And I'd go, oh, no, 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 no. And they go, oh, it was a cartoon. Well, no, no, not a cartoon. This is live action. So there were, there were what? And, oh, they were real monkeys. And then I, I put it on the smart board. And they all sat there with their mouths open. And they were surprised at what was entertainment when I was a kid. Um, so thank you, Lance, and all of your movie monkey friends. Um, we hope you join us next week when we attempt to explain whatever the hell ape was along with all the other films that will make up February's best and worst list. Until then, take care. And don't forget, the monkey's okay. Unless it's trying to murder you. Fair enough.